Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Keeson. With me on the show today, Debbie G and Neo Positivity. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. Debbie G is going to be along shortly. She's uh, making herself look beautiful. But uh, in the meantime, Neil and I will carry on. Our guest doesn't seem to be here today. We, we had signed this guy up. He's actually a Russian speaker named Pavel. And I'm, gonna try, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Um, now, he's in a very different time zone from us. I believe where he is is probably about 11 o'clock at night. So I don't know. Maybe email is crossed and it didn't quite work that way. So... We'll have to arrange to have him come back another day, but that's all right. Neo's here, and Debbie's going to be along real soon, and he's got his Thought Becomes Things t-shirt is on. That means he's official, right? That, that That's how we know that you're the real deal today, right, Neil? Yes, 100%. You guys don't know, Walt has a hidden talent. He was going to actually translate the Russian into English, and I don't <laughs> I don't speak I don't speak or write in Cyrillic. That's for that's for somebody who's really much more advanced with languages than I am. I can promise you that. <laughs> and I was going to translate it into signing. Uh, okay, so all right. After, after we both take lessons, we'll get back to you on that. <laughs> that sounds good. Yes. Okay. Give us like four or five years. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, Debbie's uh, she getting her hair did? You said. Yeah, she's she's getting herself to look beautiful, but not that she is never beautiful, but you know. Nice. She's, she's making herself even more beautiful than normal. Let's put it like that. Oh man! All right, so we'll, I'm going to kick it off. Then I'm going to I want to because I want to dive into this so much. So I don't know. Do you? I, I'm going to imagine you probably don't watch Jersey Shore. I do not. No, but I can understand <laughs> why you would. It's uh, you know what? First, being from Jersey, when it came out, I was living in Jersey, and I don't know. It was just like I'm, I refuse to watch that show because it's not because you live there. No, because it's not a representation of what Jersey was. I don't know. I don't. I only know maybe three or four Italians that actually talk and act like that. Oh, I see what um, you mean. Yes. Okay. So everyone was thinking all of Jersey was this, and I'm like, no, that's just New uh, York. You know, Staten Island. Yeah. So anyway, but I I started watching the show. I fell in love with it. Um, I know a bunch of the characters: uh, Snooky, Jay Wow. Um, yeah, I know a couple of the characters. So anyway, I was watching yesterday and this guy, Mike, he's going through something where uh, basically he had a newborn and they were coming home, but the doctor hit him at the last second and said he can't come home. Hmm. Got fever spiked. So the baby was still in the hospital for uh, another, um, three weeks after that, two weeks after that. And it was a torture two weeks. Uh, This was both of their first child. Um, it was amazing. It was going on luck. And um, so heart-wrenching, crying, all this other stuff. And I immediately pulled myself out of it because I, I don't really watch TV because of moments like that. I don't know water seeds like that. And so I immediately pulled myself out of it. And, and since that episode, I've thought about it like three times and caught myself dwelling in it. And it was just the most, the craziest thing, catching myself, pulling myself out of it. So anyway, today, my son... Um, he cut his hand on a piece of tile. The ground on my kitchen floor just said, it made a triangle out of nowhere one day. So as you can imagine, some of the pieces have crumbled and they've been sent three three people out and they're going to replace the whole thing. So anyway, he cut his hand, go in the bathroom, clean it off, band-aid it up. So right before I put, I put a new exploring on it, right when I go to get the band-aid, he runs out of the bathroom. (laughs) I'm like, what's he doing? And so I go to get the bed. He's in the other bathroom and he's, he's crying. And Aww. so I'm like, oh, he's, he's sitting down. He's pooping at this point. So I put the Band-Aid on him and I'm like, oh, he's crying. I said, it's okay. It's okay. And he starts leaning over. And so I sit on the bathtub. He puts his head on my lap and he's just laying there and he's crying. And I'm like, wow, this must really like burn his finger. It must like sting. Um, and he said, my stomach hurts. Ooh. And I said, what do you, I said, is your finger hurt or your stomach hurt? And he said, my stomach hurts. And he was holding it, he started holding his stomach and he was crying because of that. And he's like falling asleep in my lap. And I'm like, all right, come on, man. And I lift him up, you know, because he's on the toilet still. I lift him up and he's just not coming to. I'm no paramedic by any means. I didn't, I don't know anything about medical, anything. Um, and, And he was just. And I was trying to get him up, and he wasn't getting up. And at this point, my phone is in my hand. My boy, right, right. he's a paramedic, and his uh, his wife is a nurse. 
and they live a couple miles up the street and I'm calling him and, and immediately. So yeah, it was just a freak me out moment that I totally manifested having that feeling that they had about their child being in the hospital mm. and feeling help as I totally manifested that into my today. It was insane. I was scared. I'm like, why am I calling him? I should be calling paramedics, you know, like, like it was just insane. And, uh, they were, they were both like, basically, um, is he constipated? And I was like, well, mm -hmm. you know, I do try to give him extra peaches. So it's probably softer and da, 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 da. And, um, and so that seemed like that what it was. And they said, when you're, when you're pushing and pushing, like some people just pass out in that sure. situation. Oh, yeah. I had never heard of this before. This today is oh. news to me. So I thought something was, you know, my mind was just neo positivity was put to the test today. Um, yeah, hundred percent to the test today. And you know, thankfully everything's cool. Um, but it, and and you know, a parent with a bunch of kids that have been through this before could chalk it up to, oh, that was nothing. He, he was just overreacting. But you got to stand my mind frame at that point was. So something a lot worse than that. For me, the reality was something different. Um, yeah. So taking my head to the place where I took it was definitely, um, I did, I did good. <laughs> right. <laughs> Last time I was in a situation like that, my daughter had got rear-ended and on the way home, I, I hit live. I was following her in my car uh, and she was in her car and the cops did everything. And on the way home, I went live and I was just like, I just got to, you know, show you guys when shit happens, stuff happens like this. You can't just go into freak out mode. You got to just kind of. And so that was different following behind in a car. But this was different holding him up. Yeah. That's hard to wake him. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was just it was a whole thing. And it was terrifying. But on the same note, it was a reality check. There's a book called The Science of Getting Rich. It's on my list of things to read from the last of it. Yeah. You read that one? Oh yeah, that's the one that uh, Rhonda Byrne used as the basis for the secret. It's a it's a heavy read, no yes. doubt. If you're not, if you haven't read some shit before, you're you're gonna go back and rewind a couple of things. And if you have Audible and you're listening to it, you slow it down so he talks at half the speed. I had to do that once. He's like, that, that's a good idea. A yeah, a thought is a thing, and if you go through that thing, then it's a thought. But if it's not a thought, it'll be a thing next time. Shall you pass the thing text? <laughs> like, what the part of it, most of the book is like that. So anyway, um very good I, by the way for being able to repeat that. I have to give you credit for that. That's not an easy thing to repeat. That is not how it went. I just made that up. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> but he was some of the foundation, so much of what he's saying I was already doing, and I love reading books like that. Most books that I read, self-help type books and stuff like that, or I listen to an audiobook. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm already fitting in 90% of these categories, so I just have to tweak 10% of what I'm doing. And we got to that point in this book, and I was having hard letting go of planning. Mm -hmm. That book is really good at getting you to let go of planning because it makes it's you think really. your plans aren't, you know, like you're spending, that's the wrong headspace to be in. You're very counterproductive to letting life flow if you're planning. And it I'm makes sense. It makes sense because when you're thinking, you're proactively manifesting your future, whether you're thinking yeah. about the future or past. But when you're present, that's when they say you're letting God's plan unfold. And if you ever want to make God laugh, tell him your plan because his plan is so much bigger than yours or the universe, whatever you want to call it, is so much bigger than yours. So being in the present moment, not planning for future or past events, is letting the universe's plan for you unfold, which is bigger than yours. So it's the better thing to do. Why would you spend time in any other headspace? And, you know, you got the subconscious and the ego that constantly throw in scenarios at you. Um, but choosing to just bat them down, choom, choom, like Wonder Woman, choom, choom, with the gold <laughs> um, that's, that's what that whole part is about. And that book has really been able to open me up to those things as an idea. I couldn't place it. I, I started the book yesterday. I got through most of it and I couldn't fully implemented into my life because it is hard to just change the way you see things and plan for things sure. if you're a planner like me but what happened to my son today that caused me to let go of a lot yeah like I'm, I'm i'm about seven tasks behind right now and honestly all seven of them could at least wait till monday and and i could just watch him play for the next 10 minutes sure you know yeah and, 
That's scary. That's scary what you went through. Yeah, crazy. It really is. That's very frightening because you're dealing with something that you don't know anything about and you aren't sure what's happening and you know you're the one who's responsible and you love him so much and all of a sudden he's not responsive. That is just plain terrifying. It's going to be. How can it not be? So I think you handled it pretty well, actually. It was crazy. I, it's, it, I, I, my boy's name is Scott. I typed in Scott in my damn thing and it didn't work. And I'm like, why am I typing? Every time, you ever, you ever get halfway through a long text message and you're like, why aren't I using voice dictation? That happens with me every time. So instead of just saying, hey, Google, call Scott, I'm, okay, now it's going to call Scott. Instead of doing that, <laughs> I'm manually entering. Okay, hey, Google, stop. <laughs> stop. The home, all phones. So yeah, instead of doing that, I'm manually looking for him. I went in total freak out mode. It was, um, but yeah, I, mentally, as far as pan staying positive and, and mm. panic, it was a it was a push. These two forces were pushing at each other, and I was just like straddle the line, straddle the line, because I knew I was going to be positive, but I couldn't be negative. I needed to stay. It was just like straddle the line, like a tug of war. Straddle the line, Jesus, call it, call Scott, and um. Yeah, man, it was it was some stuff. So, I, but I definitely learned a couple things, and it, and it happened. I don't want to say at the appropriate time, but I was really having trouble. There was out of all the techniques I've came up with, and all the books I've read, that book was addressing the one thing I haven't been able to do. And I'm, and it's like, ooh, bite your nails. Is he gonna get to it? Is his next sentence? Is the next chapter? Does he even touch on it before you know? Really tell me how to get through it before the book just ends and he leaves it up to me to figure it out like a lot of other books do. And it, it was that, that really changed everything. Like I feel like I'm a different person right now than I was a couple of hours ago. Wow. 100%. Wow. That's, that's a uh, very rapid and quite scary. You're, you're coming through it. Really cool. By the way, Debbie G is uh, going to be along pretty soon. Um, she is getting herself all prettied up. Uh, not that she really needs it because she's always a, Great looking woman, but uh, she's going to be even better looking by the time she gets here. So she'll be along, I would say, probably in the next 10 minutes or so. But in the meantime, we're carrying on here. Also, our guest that we were planning on today, uh, I guess that we had a cross message or something, but he didn't get the right signals. So we'll have him back on another time, on another occasion. But this is an appropriate topic, what we're, what you brought up here, Neo, because you're not the only one who's been experiencing this kind of stuff, where things show up because you were not all that guarded about where you were focusing your attention and so forth. The same thing happened with me on a few occasions. I've already documented um, in previous shows this week how I was kind of, <laughs> I was in panic mode really over the summit um, and I ended up getting some help and the help has really been good. And, and uh, I had been promising everybody that we we're going to be uh, putting the page out for people to order their tickets starting today. That's still the plan. We actually have the page almost done and it, it looks really, really good. There's just one little thing that we have to fix on it. And that is giving you guys the discount because I've been promising you guys a discount um, if you're an LOA Today listener. And that part, for whatever reason, is only partially working. So we got to figure that one out. But as soon as that's done, we'll be publishing the page. It'll go on to uh, the descriptions of all of the episodes this week. But tying in more to this this topic about how you can end up focusing on what you don't want and end up with something that really wasn't what you had in mind at all, that happened yesterday. And let me tell you how it went. Now, yesterday, Thursday is the day that Dan Mangana and Alex Steed do the show with me, right? They're my co-hosts that day. And I had been noticing, now we use StreamYard, right, to do our shows. And it's something I've been noticing about StreamYard. StreamYard has a lot of really cool features, but there's one thing that it's not really good at. If both of us end up talking for a moment, like talking over each other, it the, the dialogue kind of falls apart a bit. Like the sound quality just kind of disintegrates. Whereas with Zoom, Zoom handles that better. So I figured, let's try Zoom one more time just to, to verify my theory, because I'm pretty sure that it's true. So I set things up to run in Zoom. Now, Earlier in the day, I'd been contacted by Anne Marie Young, who does the Monday podcasts with me and Louis D'Souza. 
And she has, she, she actually has, has been dealing with COVID. She's past COVID now. She was contacting me because she previously promised to help me with the summit. And she's asking, well, well, what can I do to help? And I said, well, I think for the moment, I'm okay. As we get closer to the summit, I'm going to need somebody to be able to handle my emails because while I'm doing the show, I can't answer emails. So I'll end up forwarding my emails to you. And then this is where I got myself in trouble. And then I said, uh, also, just in case there's like, you know, we, like we lose power or something like that, I want to set up so that you can run the Zoom podcast and I can connect in by phone if like, you know, the internet goes out or something like that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Uh, you can just see what's coming, right? Uh, <laughs> so we start doing the podcast and we get about 10 minutes into it. And all of a sudden my internet drops. And about a minute later, I'm able to reconnect. So, okay, well, that wasn't so great, but you know, Dan and Alex were carrying on the conversation. It was a really good conversation. Um, basically about how do you deal with situations like these where things are going completely wrong and how do you look at them and how do you change things around so that your vibration improves and so forth. And we go for it for another five minutes or so. And Dan, Dan is doing this really great little uh, bit about how he handled a, a really rough situation that occurred to him in, in his world last Friday and how, how he teaches his team to go about doing it. And in, in the middle of that, the internet went out again. <laughs> and I couldn't get it back to the point where we had to cancel the episode. So anyone who's wondering why there was no episode yesterday, well, we tried, but we couldn't finish the episode because Walt had got it into his head. He wanted to protect against the internet going out during the summit. And so during the episode, the internet went out twice. <laughs> it didn't come back the second time. <laughs> yeah. Insane, no lie. The last time your wife was on, got we got towards the end of the episode, and one of you brought up um, how she was scared to come on because something always goes wrong. The technical issues, yeah, right. And so, like ten minutes later, I it you said something kind of made me think of that, mm -hmm. and I was like, man, we almost made it through the whole episode. Nothing goes wrong, you know. Especially she be proven wrong. Right when I thought that, no lie, I was gonna say it. I went like. Like that, it said, you guys broke up and it just stopped, froze for a second. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, yeah, I gotta be careful. Like it's, 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 sometimes it's fast. Sometimes you do th stuff instantly. Sometimes it takes a week. Sometimes it takes overnight. That's not for us to decide the time frame and when we manifest. I always say we're on God's time on our dime. And by our dime, I mean it's our energy to spend on what we want mentally. I spend it on stress, drama, happiness. But in God's time, it'll happen to you in the universe's time, whenever it's ready to happen to you. And sometimes it's instant. And that is a reminder to be vigilant. Mm -hmm. That book, The Science of Getting Rich, he talks about spending every waking moment of your life in the reality you want, not the reality you're in. And that involves looking at your toilet while you're taking a pee and seeing it as a different bathroom, a bigger bathroom, a better bathroom, a golden toilet, if that's what you want. But mm -hmm. every movement, every motion, everywhere, I'm at this computer. This is my mega computer. There's not three screens. There's six. And it's a $10,000 setup, you know, like that, like, and, and carry that through every single part of your life. Now, I've never heard a book repeat thoughts become things so many times without saying it. <laughs> but the whole first half of his book, that's all he said was thoughts become things, thoughts become things. It's 50,000 different ways, but it gets juicy towards the end. Um, and I haven't finished it yet. I think it gets starts to get real juicy on like chapter 11 or something like that. But yes, the book is playing a key part in this transformation I'm experiencing right now. And like I said, I just started doing it yesterday. But the part that, uh, that I was actually... The part that I was not able to publish, obviously, was the part that we actually did record, but it was not a full episode, so I couldn't publish it. But Dan was doing a really interesting piece about how to deal with these kinds of situations. Because let's be honest, we, our, our focus is not perfect, and nor should we beat ourselves up when we're not being perfect, because that'll just put us more into the negative spiral stuff that we don't want to be in in the first place. But he has, he has this really interesting approach, a really good approach. 
You should send him an email, see if he can get on this real quick. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, if I know Dan, if he's not super busy, he'll come on and share five minutes. Oh, he will. But if I know Dan and I do in terms of what he's doing right now, he don't have five minutes. He is like, this, this guy has done just like in the last week, he did like eight television interviews here in the U.S. Nice. I mean, nice. You know, just unbelievable how much this guy is doing right now. So, yeah. Got to get him back in the States. He's out in Mexico, Cabo. Yeah. Don Cabo, yeah. right. We got to get him back in the States. That's what we It'll do. happen. It'll happen. But for the moment, the man is just, I, I'm just grateful to have him on Thursdays because I can count on having him every Thursday. And that's just, you know, that's gold as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, I wanted to finish what I was saying about his comment because his comment is, Every time that one of these these unwanted events occur, it's an opportunity for us to ask some questions. And the kinds of events we're talking about are events where it seems like it's a major, it's a big, big deal. Like, you know, game changing for the worst. You know, like, like your son. You, I mean, that seemed like at the moment, it seemed like this was like the worst thing that could possibly happen. And the thing he likes to remind himself to do and his team to do is to ask questions like, how do you know this is the end? How do you know that this is going to turn out the way you fear the most? How do you know that this is going to be the, the, that horrible event you think that is, is about to come? And the answer in each case, of course, is you don't. You don't know that. You're fearing it, perhaps, but you don't really know it. It's a way of reminding yourself, well... That means there's all kinds of different ways this can play out. And because there are many different ways this can play out, it also gives you the opportunity to recognize that, well, this could actually be happening for my own better good. And in fact, that was literally happening with me yesterday, despite the fact that I couldn't put that episode out. Because one of the things that I was learning is that there were a couple of things I that are relatively new in Zoom that I didn't know about, that I need to know about and take into account before I start my summit next Tuesday. If I hadn't had this event, I wouldn't have known about that. And I would have gone into that summit and realized in the middle of the summit, oh my God, I've got this issue I didn't know about. Now, could I see that at the moment that the episode was falling apart in front of my eyes? Absolutely not. Your world was crumbling when it was just a stepping stone, a little bitty, bitty stepping stone. Yeah. And I, I mean, not to make light of my situation, I've been trying to shake the constant planner in here. In here, mm-hmm. I've been putting tremendous amount of effort towards that for years, and it wasn't until the last month or so that I've actually been able to crack the mold, um, crack through the mold, I should say, the muck, the slime trail is hardened into a mold. <laughs> yeah, right. We're <laughs> through it, but that lad today was the chisel. Today was the chisel. And just like you, to find out it was constipation when I was going elsewhere with it. And and just so you know, Dan, you're welcome for giving you that idea. That's my idea. <laughs> ah, okay. No, no, I can't say Dan didn't know it before me, but that's definitely how I get those things. That's But I was using that before I knew about the law of attraction. On every foot chase I've ever gotten into, down dark alleyways that I know this guy has a gun. He had a gun one last time I locked him up two weeks ago. Um, that's how I got through them. Like when, and that's that's the number one scenario. When you're chasing somebody and they turn down an alleyway, you can't see them, which means they could have stopped and they could have put the gun right up to the wall waiting for you to run by. So that's mm-hmm. every single time you turn a corner or lose sight of somebody, which happens a lot, especially in, in Camden, being a cop there. It's that moment where you're like, oh, fuck, oh, shit, oh, shit. You know, and you just turn a corner, but you turn a corner with that confidence, like, I got this. That's not what I was meant, what was meant to happen today. That's a possibility, and self-preservation caused me to entertain it, but I'm not going to live with it. And you use that on every single corner you turn. I use that when I'm flying. Sometimes when I'm flying, I look up and I'll be like, man, this is just a couple strings I'm dangling from. And I'm like, nope, nope. So, yes, that is exactly uh, what got me through that exercise. So, so thank you, Dan, for bringing that to light yesterday. And yeah. thank you for bringing it up again today because I have a feeling somebody in the crowd will be able to use that. There's infinite possibilities, infinite. And when I say infinite, 
I want you to think of it like this. Let's say something happens that takes <clears throat> 30 seconds to happen. And I reach over and grab the pen like that. Okay, I just grab the pen. Now, if I was to move my hand one millimeter higher and grab the pen versus two millimeters higher and grab the pen, and if I was to stand up that quickly or that slowly, there's infinite different possibilities, literally, on how this scenario could play out. I am not going to focus on one possibility. and It's definitely not going to be the worst possibility because out of the number infinite, which isn't a number, you're going to choose the worst to believe in. No, that's, that's not not over here. <laughs> Maybe the old me 20 years ago, 30 years ago, but not anymore. No. And so use that. Hold on to that, y'all. Trust me. And the, the creating side note, the more you do this, the more you get better at doing it. The only problem is, and I know this is a long time ago, the only way to get better at doing it is to do it more often. And who the hell mm -hmm. wants to experience traumatic incidents more often so they can get better at handling them? Nobody. And so it's not something you want to practice, but every time you have an opportunity to practice it, you need to take advantage of it for the for the health and for the better of your future. Because to take a scenario like that and make it even worse in that moment and believe in the worst and manifest the worst, <sighs> nah, no thank you. Well, there's also good news there, too, because most of the situations that we encounter in life that we don't like so much aren't life and death. Most of them aren't that, you know, there's the guy around the corner holding the gun waiting for us to come around the corner routine. Most of them aren't your son's passing out on, you know, in the bathroom. Most of them are like little things. And, and I'll give you an example from my own life very recently. Um, as I was dealing through my little meltdown last week uh, and reaching out for help and so on and so forth, I was using a lot of the practices that we learn in the Taya community about how to get yourself into a better place. And in the process of doing that, I realized, well, I, I have to, I still have to put a lot of time in on this. I can't stay away from this project for too long because it just will fall apart if I do that. I have to give it attention, but I also have to give myself some mental health moments. So literally for Christmas, my brother gave me one of these Oculus setups, <laughs> I, but I'm not into virtual reality. I don't really care about all those kinds of things. So I ended up trading it in and putting a little extra money in and getting a, an electronic piano keyboard because I, I haven't played piano since I was a kid, but I'd been wanting for the longest time to get back to it. So a lot of listeners are saying, are you kidding? You should have kept the virtual reality, but that's just not where I'm at. So anyway, I have the keyboard set up. It's actually behind me. And I decided I was going to start using that as a way to get away for little bits of time. I would I'd do like 15 minutes of practicing just as a way to do something low thought to take my mind off of the stuff that I was dealing with. And so literally I sat down and I started, I mean, I, I haven't even gotten back into piano playing shape yet. I've only had the keyboard for about three weeks and I can't really, I mean, I can play a couple of little minor tunes, but nothing really interesting to play. So I, I'm just doing a lot of scales and exercises to build up my hands again. And so that's what I did. I sat down and I started doing scales. Now, when I was 12, 13 years old, that was like pulling teeth. It was like going to the dentist and getting your teeth killed out. Yeah. That's how much fun that was, right? You would not believe how fun scales are now. I can't believe how fun scales are now. And I realize why it is. Because I can do it. Yeah. There's no there's no effort. I mean, yeah, there's the effort of redeveloping my hands. So I have weak fingers. You know, don't that makes you feel good. When you progress in what you love, you feel good there too. So and, and well, plus it's it's not a high skill. It's not like you know, it's not like rocket science. It's not like surgery. It's not like, you know, so many things that require intensive concentration. Yeah, there's some concentration, but it's relatively low key. When you're a kid, it seems high key. But, you know, when you're an, uh, an adult and you've been through some pretty rough stuff, that seems relatively mild. Oh, yeah. Especially because you can, you, as an adult, I guess you realize more than you could just stop playing whenever you want. Yeah. Sure. As a kid, you're like, I'm doing lessons. My parents are paying for it. Or mm -hmm. frustrating. Why can't I remember things? Right. To be able to remember like everybody else, you know, if you have memory issues or like, you know, you feel like you're dyslexic. Like I always felt like I was dyslexic. Mm -hmm. um, but the key in what you were saying, the, the ego thinks you're going to die in every yeah. argument you have if you don't win that argument. Right. That's why when you let it, when you let yourself sit in autopilot and it just goes, ends up saying things that you don't want it to say, some things that you can't bounce back from. And you cannot just have diarrhea of the mouth. 
you the, the the secret cause of you know being a watchman at the gate. The gate is open. All these ideas are just flooding, and sometimes you got to shut it down. Whoa, whoa, mm-hmm. that's not coming out of my mouth. What am I doing? Right. You know, associate from it and detach. So that's that's something you got to realize. There's things going on inside of you automatically that you might have to deal with. And I love that you mentioned ego too, because I had a couple of ego moments this past week, including when I reached out for help. Because by Sunday, I was in, I was a mess. I was a wreck. And I've talked about this on the show, so I won't go into that a whole lot more. But um, I needed help. And so I actually reached out for some professionals who had already done this kind of stuff before, hired them um, and asked them to, you know, help me <laughs> rescue me from my own mess, uh, which they've been doing. And one of the first things that happened was one of them gave me some feedback on the uh, the various social media pieces and graphics and so forth that I've been using to start promoting this thing in advance because I've been doing some teasing kind of promotion leading up to it. And she started telling me all these things that she thought was wrong with it. <laughs> and my ego didn't like that at all. I mean, I, my instant reaction was, oh, jeez, oh, yeah, you know, like, all this kind of stuff. And then I recognized that it was the ego. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that's my ego, isn't it? So I took another look at it and reread it again from that new perspective. And she actually had some pretty good points now that I was looking at it more carefully without the ego in the way. She actually had some valid points. I didn't agree with all of them, but that's okay. What what was useful was that she was making some some suggestions that made me think about it differently. And if I was willing to let my ego get out of the way and actually evaluate what she was saying for what it was, I'd get some value out of it. And I did. I got some really good value out of it. Plus, that's what you're paying her for. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate to say it to you like that because I do the same thing. I'll be oh, like, yeah. It's so easy to do. I like that color. You know, I like using it. Black isn't friendly. It's it's dark. And I like using black. It's It shows, you know, unlimited possibilities. You know, you fill it in with, with what you want to fill it in with. But they, they, they frown on certain things. So I definitely feel you on that. Um I want to ask you this. I've never asked anyone this before because there comes a point um, when I was giving my big speech in October in uh, in Miami. They have this speaker coach that who is just she's the best in the industry. Basically, she's their their top celebrity in the dental world. Her name is Catherine Itell Bell. She's speaking at the next summit and the one after that too. Oh, cool. um, but she's the she's the big one. She's the big name. Everyone who gives speeches and wins speeches or you know books gigs, they all go to her as a speaking coach. Um, I did not because I felt like someone outside of me was going to have me walking down a path that wasn't one hundred percent me. Mm-hmm. And I and I know that in the past. I've been most successful when I give 100% me. Specifically, for this speech that I was just doing uh, last weekend, or I was supposed to do last weekend, it's postponed to the first. For that speech, I wasn't even content with my speech. It had all the information it needed. I just couldn't figure out what was missing, and what it was missing was my my stank. I needed to put my stank on it. You know, I needed to make it my own. And so I, I I avoid going to coaches and stuff like that because I want to give my own. So what I want to ask you is, in that moment. Um, when you got an expert in their field advising you against your creation or parts of your creation, at what point are you like, nah, I'm going to keep this, you know? And, and, uh, and so where's the divider? Is it, is it something you feel, something you think? Do you, do you, do you meditate on it? That's actually where the rest of the week went. What you just described. Because once I got my ego out of the way, now the question was, okay, which of the pieces of information that my two people who are helping me have given me are the ones that I want to implement? And which ones are the ones that I don't think really actually work with what it is that I'm doing? And the key there is letting go of the ego so that you can do that honestly and with what you know to be true. Which sounds so contradictory. I mean, isn't the ego the one that's looking out for you? Well, in one sense it is, but more precisely what the ego is doing is it's trying to keep you in the same place you've been in because that's safe. And it's also trying to defend the things that you already decided for yourself, whether or not they were actually serving you. 
Because we think our ideas are sacred deep down inside because they're yeah. our ideas. And for, how dare they come and right. you know, offer a different opinion? Uh, yeah, we got to step out of the way of that. I, yeah. I mean, but I admit, that's what I'm saying. For me, if, if, if I have a flyer and it's got 10 elements on it and they want to change eight of them, I'm open to it. However, the ones I like, the ones I look like, like, yeah, that one's right, right there. Be that right there. That's how I know. When my face goes like that, that's how I know that's staying there. When mm-hmm. I go, oh, okay, all right, I see, I see what you're saying. All right, move it around. Let me see what it looks like. Yeah. And I know I'm open to it. So, I, so use that feeling, that joy, that love. Don't, and it sounds kind of weird to say this, but don't worry about what everybody else thinks. If you love that heart up in the corner instead of in the lower right-hand corner, leave that heart up in the corner. Back here's a, here's a great way to do that, to do exactly what you're talking about. If you can get your ego out of the way, and once your ego is out of the way, then identify what it is that you've loved, you got it. Boom. Because now it's easy. And there's no ego involved. There's no fighting for protecting yourself or defending your viewpoint or, or anything like that. I mean, that actually happened with um, that, these these two women. They're both designers and, and they're also marketers. They, you know, they've got some very good skill sets. And one of them in particular, actually both of them in, in different ways, they were suggesting that the overall graphic field that I should be going for was a bit subdued. And the reason that they thought that was true was because, well, the way one of them expressed it was because of where the country has been the last few years, um, you know, through the Trump mm-hmm. era and so forth, there's this huge, strongly divisive feeling where people are, you know, not trusting anything that's going on and so forth. So you have to kind of take more of what they call the Brene Brown approach, you know, just you know, calm down. This, this is just about you right now. This is, you know, just get all that other stuff out of the way. And, you know, there's validity to what they were saying there. But there was also a problem with it that I realized. And the problem was, I, from the very beginning with LOA Today, my goal has been to make it all about your daily dose of happy. And I wanted that to be reflected in the graphics, too, and in the photos that I use and the images. I want it to all be really positive and nice and not glaring, but bright and, and cheery and, you know, pastelish and all that kind of yeah. stuff. It feels good, right? And that wasn't the kind of color palettes they were talking about. So I had to ask myself, once I got the ego out of the way, which way do I want to do this? And I said, no, I want to stick with what I've been doing. I know. And, and the way I expressed it to one of them was I get the feeling for like the last 10 to 15 years, designers of all kinds, not just graphic designers, but you know, clothing designers, fashion designers, you know, any kind of designer you can think of have all been pushing what my wife would call the borderline approach. And the borderline approach is where everything is in blacks and whites and harsh reds, you know, basically color schemes that scream, look at me, look at me. Don't look at anything else. Look at me, look at me, look at me. And I think the population's exhausted with that. I think we're just like emotionally drained from it. And literally the the person who put together my sales page, my, my registration page, she was using a kind of a subdued version of that color scheme. And I said to myself, that's really not what LOA today is about. So I urged her to go back to my color palette and she did. And then I showed it to Selena Dorsey, who is my summit guru. She's the one who's been teaching me about summits. And she was just blown away. She just thought it was the best thing. The one that I changed it back to. So I knew I was right. I got the validation I was looking for on that, but I did it without being in the space of ego. I feel it. I feel it. It's, it's, well, here comes Debbie G. Why isn't she hooked in? Hi. There she goes. I thought you were going to hook yourself in. You usually do. I was waiting for you to be finished because I was listening to what you were saying. I apologize uh-huh. to everybody. I was, I was getting my hair done. You look great. Thank you. You do. I mean, you always look great, but you look even greater. I had to get, you know, do that you thing. You look way better than the last time I saw you. How you feeling? I am, Jesus, you guys, I was so sick last week. I don't even remember. Mm. Like, I just remember, I, I, I even had to think about it. I'm like, did I show up last week? Yeah, you did. I didn't and, even remember. You were super. You were really, you were on game and everything. You were That's, suffering to tell that, but oh my goodness, you were there. Yeah, I was pain. 
Yeah, I'm getting ready for tomorrow uh, for Ascension, which is uh, Trust Your Abundance, David Strickle, Taya Boot Camp. We're all going to be live in Los Angeles. So I thought maybe I might, you know, show up more presentable than Roots this thick. And yeah, just kind of. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) So I apologize to everybody. Um, No apologies necessary. I'm just grateful to be here. I'm really grateful to be here. I'm stoked right now. I was trying, you know, I didn't have any reception at the hair place because I swear I would have joined you. I from with the things in my hair and the whole. I believe it. I would have, yeah, totally. That's all right. That's okay. No, hey, we're glad you can make it for this part. That's good. Our our guest actually couldn't make it. I'm not sure where he is. I think we just had a crossed email or something. So we'll have. Okay. But uh, it's it's been all good because Neil and I have been talking about. Um, a few things that <laughs> Neo, you make me smile. <laughs> yeah, that's great. We love Casey. I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. We gotta, let them know. we gotta let them know what the hashtag, you know what I mean? That's true, that's true. So okay, so what you've been talking about? We we've, we've been talking about what happens when things go wrong. How do you deal with it? What's the experience like? How do you come out of it? Um, because we both have had experiences like that within the last few days. Um, Neil was telling a story about what, something that happened with his child. I, I've had some experiences in getting ready for my summit next week. Um, even Dan Mangana was uh, talking about it in a show that was we were trying to record yesterday's show. We never actually finished recording it because of a long story that I won't repeat. But basically, I lost my Internet in the middle of the show. So that just kind of fell apart. But okay. once again, it was an opportunity. How do you deal with the situation that you really don't like the result of? And that's what we've been talking about. How do you like the situation when you really don't like the result? With gratitude, look, I got. Hold on, real quick, my bad. Walt, while she's giving this answer, I want you to think about because you just made me realize it's like a theme. You know, me and you both went through this. Dan went through this. Oh yeah. Why did something's transitioning? Yeah, Mercury retrograde. Great, in every freaking we got three planets. I, I look. No, really, honestly, it's a collective energy, Neo. You're on point to to question the big why. There's a couple things I'm going to bring up to you guys that hit me really hard, and this this has to do with exactly this. When things aren't turning out the way that you think that they should turn out, well, that's that expectation to something, right? We all we all know that. What is if it's possible the universe knows better than we do? <laughs> That's exactly what we were talking about. <laughs> I don't know. I got. I got No, that's that's what I got to say about that. And then the other thing is this. I I. The other day, I was in the I was in the shower because I don't know about you all, but I'm going to give you a I'm going to give you a little tool. The shower washing away anything that's not serving you choosing your time in the shower to really let that water just come over you and really do some deep reflective moments something about water and that cleansing it just works so here's what happened you know joe's had his house up for sale in pear blossom for a minute there's been some conflict with that and like there is in life because life just likes to give us fun little things and adventures. I'm in the shower this one day about three days ago and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I just, whatever, whatever happens is whatever happens, whatever, whatever, whatever. I need to trust this process and trust where I'm at. Remember, trust your abundance, but also trusting that everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be because if it was supposed to be different, it would be. And my inability to accept the shit as it freaking sits is my problem. And maybe if I let go of that, I might just open the door up for some big magical manifestation. And I kid you not, I hung up the phone and 10 minutes later, Joe calls me. Y'all know, y'all ready for this, right? The house has had an offer on it. It's in escrow. That That was the first thing. Now, Is it turning out? No. Is it an experience where maybe there's some people who aren't thrilled about the way everything is going? Yeah, probably. Is, but is it supposed to be the way it looks right now? Even with the bumps and the icks and the things and the this and the that. Can we wrap our head around the fact that even when it doesn't look optimal, 
that it is. That it is optimal. And when we change our perspective. So I did it again. I changed my perspective about something else, about money. Because I get pissed about, you start talking to me about money and lack, and I literally will get like, don't, don't speak to me. Don't, don't talk to me. That's not in my reality. Like, I get miffy about this. I'm like, I work too hard for that, damn it. But the fact of the matter is, is that really what that is, is me pushing away wanting to deal with reality. My reality is this. I remember three years ago, not knowing where I was going, not knowing what was going to happen, and going, this is an adventure. So I did it again. Yesterday, all day long, I stayed in appreciation. All damn day. I just kept going, man. And I mean, for real, look, I look around my life. I don't, I have zero to complain about. I live in the most beautiful town, I swear, in Southern California. I love this place. I have the most beautiful people in my life. What else, how could I not be in appreciation? And I wake up this morning to money. And I said, because that's how that works. Now, there's intentional actions that are always taken. That and, and every day we take another action, but I was just, it's the way it works. The, there, the law of appreciation is the only factor that there is. And if stuff's not unfolding for you, the way that you feel that it should be unfolding, maybe you're not right. Now, or maybe there, not, maybe there's I'm no sure. right or wrong, though. Well, there, there really isn't. Right or wrong yeah, is yeah. Humans applied to it. But but more precisely, and, and right to your point, I, I think you're you're exactly dead on that the challenge is despite the fact that we really don't see it when we're in the middle of it that's something neo and i were talking about about 20 minutes ago when you're in the middle of of the crap falling apart you can't see where that grand plan is you can't see how it's working out for your benefit and that's the time when it's the hardest but it's also most important to see if you can find a way to just believe anyway that there's something going on there that's for your better good right and i love Life's ultimate test. Every single thing that happens to us, there's one question that's always asked. Can you stay positive in the face of the whatever? Adversity. Negative, well, negative, neutral. It could be, it could be positive. Cause remember, I always talk about that. If everything's going great for you for a week, you kind of get numb to it. So can you stay positive and you get good news and you're numb to it? Can you stay positive in the face of the positive too? It's Can you have, it's beyond right positive. Dude, it's, it's positive. I love that. But it's even beyond that. It is in deep, grateful beingness. Like, I mean, I'm talking about grateful beingness that your heart and, and, and tears come to your eyes because you can't believe you're even on this planet still breathing. Kind of deep, grateful beingness. Are you talking about total I, 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 All right, look. This morning, I wake up to the news that a really good friend, I mean, we're talking somebody I have known for a long time, passed away. Mm-hmm. His name was Merck Richardson. Murky, murky, murky. He was the bass player in a band that my best friend, Joe, his name's Joe McMahon, was in for years. And we used to go see this guy all, this, all the time. You know, one more, one more person has now left this earth. If anything is going to snap people to, it's the fact that death is what's, you're, you're, you're all dying. If somebody says, well, I'm afraid of death. Well, tough shit. You're dying. What do you want me to say? You're not going to make it through. Literally. How do you want that process to look for yourself? Do you, you know, I'm going to tell you, I started it off, I started off easy when I was in my car and I'm driving down the road and I have to shift directions because, because this, this street's blocked off. I'm not going to keep going where it's blocked off and it's a dead end. No, I'm going to turn. Am I going to be thrilled that I have to now make a detour? And, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is how that you start becoming okay with life's detours. Life has detours. You're going to hit roadblocks. You're going to see it's, it's like playing the best video game of your life. You've got to be on your toes. Do you tell the road, do you get out of the car and bitch at the road workers and say, (laughs) what the hell? Why did you put a block in my way right now? Can you please, I mean, I have never, not one time got out and yelled at a construction worker to ask them why they, why are we yelling at the universe who's constructing our life for us that we've asked 
the universe to show up and do, but we're going to bitch about the things when we're getting shifted direction. Is it possible the shift of direction is because it is for your best and highest good, even if you can't see it? Maybe it's none of your business to see it. Mm-hmm. Got to let go. Is that a heightened level of spirituality? Because it takes something to be able to do that. It, not everybody's going to be able to do this. Would I? Would you call that? I know it's a heightened level of awareness, self awareness, but would you call that maturity as well? Like being yeah. able to do that, does that make you yeah. more mature? I think I think so. I just was asking. Well, it's also uh, the ability to shift perspective because that's really what you're talking about. You're saying I'm I want 50, to where I've been. I'm 54 next Friday. I'm going to say birthday. yeah. Thank you. I'm going to say. Yeah, there's a level of maturity that comes with life, but there's a level of appreciation. Look, if anybody says, I know, I, I gratitude, blah, blah, I'll be like, uh, yo, no, I'm walking, living, breathing proof. I know it sounds simple and I know it sounds easy. And it's like, well, no, but you're by your spiritual bypassing. Oh, no, you're not. When you can be appreciative for the life that you have right now for everything, including the detours, Everything goes into place and, and, and it's not just lip service, you guys. You've got to really get in there and you've got to do it. You've got to feel it. Is it a heightened level? You know, Neo, well, I've almost left this planet a couple of times, you know, not by my choice, but by the, you know, by the fact that my body couldn't handle a surgery I had, you know. I mean, put me in ICU for four weeks. That's pretty intense stuff, you know. Mm. When you look at, see, I remember being younger and I remember like people would get sick or people would die. And you always think that's not me. Now here I am in my 50s going, I'm in my last part of my life now. When I'm looking at these young 20 year olds, this is our future, y'all. We are the example to that future, and we're going to teach them what? How to stress out when shit doesn't go the way we want it? Are we going to teach them how to flow? We're going to teach them how to absolutely allow life to present them with the presence of presence and to give us what we are here to really do, and that's just be truly in bliss and happiness. There isn't any other way to do this, you guys. Mastery, whatever, I call it living. I'm choosing to live. One thing I love about Merck is he lived. He lived. He he lived. I was looking for my phone just now. I was going to show you all a picture. He lived, though. He'd hop up on stage with his bass, and he loved his bass that he got. That was like the Beatles bass, and he'd play that, and he'd sing like freaking ACDC, and he'd rip it out. But he lived his life. And in these last few years, he and his, his partner that she and he traveled, all over the United States in an RV. And he was hanging out with us. He was embracing and living his life. There just isn't anything else to it. You're going to not make it out of here alive. You're not going to do it. How many other ways do I got to say it? You're going to die. Well, there's another I, way to people, say the same thing. The, the, the other way to say the same thing is he lived, like you said. He, he lived. lived. He and lived. that's the celebrating. Well, somebody said earlier, like, oh, I, I can't have, you know, because death, oh, death, that's just such a bad thing. How is it a bad thing that you're leaving this body and going and, and how is it a bad thing that you're leaving heart prints on this planet and that people are going to remember the being that you were here and talk about how beautiful you are? How is I it think, a bad thing? I think people feel like they're going to, because I don't, I for one don't fear death. Um, I have in a long time. I don't think I ever did, honestly. But I don't want to experience missing my loved ones. But I came to the realization that kind of makes more sense that, you know, you know, like when you wake up from a dream where you had $100,000 cash and you wake up and you're like, oh, man, and then it doesn't hurt you anymore. It's just like it's gone. It was a dream. I kind of think that when we wake up from this realm, when we transcend from this body, uh, that's what will happen. All these things that we're holding on to, everything that we're holding on to is we're going to look at like that money and just be like, oh, it was a, you know, it's dreaming and whatever we do from there, you know, happens from there. Nobody knows, but it kind of makes sense, you know, to see it that way for me. 
I think that makes sense. I would, I would add to it that uh, when we, when we understand what, what, well, it's lack of understanding of of how everything works, how we are, what where we come from, that I think causes most of the fears. Um, I, I'll let me turn it around. I'll speak for myself. That's where the fears came from for me. For the longest time, I had a lot of doubt because of what I was being taught. I, I knew what I was being taught wasn't making any sense, but I didn't yeah. have anything to replace it with. And so I didn't replace it with anything. And so that's when all the fears started to creep in. And then I got explore, exposed, exposed, excuse me, to the, uh, the teachings that surround what we talk about here. Law of attraction has a whole spiritual circle that goes around it. And that made total sense to me. And all of a sudden, all my fears were gone. All of my, my concerns about, you know, well, after my life, what happens were gone. You know, my concerns about what happens when my family members passed on, they went away too. And, and it was a bit of a surprise, especially when my parents died in both cases. I wasn't in pain. I wasn't in shock. And I realized it was because I finally got it. I finally got how this whole universe works, how this physical world works, how the spiritual world works. And no, I don't have all the answers on it, but I had enough. I had enough information that I could feel confident about. So I had the very odd experience that apparently more and more people are having that when my parents died in both cases, I didn't mourn. I did all my mourning before they died, it turned out. In my mom's case, long before she died. In my dad's case, before he died. And then after they were gone, I was just in a celebratory mood, which is not the way most people are taught to understand that that's what's going to happen. But when you have the kind of, I'll call it spiritual grounding that we have, that's what happens. That's precisely what happens. I agree it is. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not attempting to become, to be morbid not compassionate or any of those things. What I'm trying to do is to shock people. I want to shock them. I want to shock them like a freaking cow prod <laughs> instead of being a freaking sheeple, shock them and say, yo, wake, wake up, like wake up. We get so bent on these things that just don't matter. Cause I want to know like in, in the end, what matters? Nobody knows what happens when we croak. That's the killer part. And all these people out there, and especially in the spiritual realm, who all want to talk about, yeah, you know, this is that happens. Really? I don't know. I haven't croaked yet, came back and figured that out yet. You must be one damn good step ahead of me, man. Shit, what the hell? Rather, rather... It's how can we share our experiences like we're doing here right now and simply give each other some words that might help each other do this human thing a little easier. That's all. Yeah. If we can tell each other something, I've had enough experiences in my life, a lot, a ton, like we all have, to give me, I feel, enough to go on. I know what I, I know that out of the 53 years I've been on this planet, I know what I've, I know what time I've spent doing things I don't want to do. And I know what time I've spent that word worry. Worry is your biggest, it is your, it's your nemesis. Worry itself, not only that, but worry will kill you. Oh yes. Speaking of death, it'll kill you. Mm -hmm. You know, Walt, I know you're getting ready to do the summit. I kind of caught that you had some things going on. Doing summits is so much fun when you're actually there and you're in it and you're doing it. There's a lot building up to it. And the best thing I ever did was when I do live summits or I do them online here, I mean live in person or I do them here, is loving the process. And all these, everybody's getting together because we're all there to build each other up and to give each other support and to give each other a word. A word. I mean, be really honestly look in the mirror and be proud of yourselves, both of you, for doing summits, for showing up in the world and providing a space and an opportunity for people to come in and listen to those words. Damn right, pat yourself on the back. You you deserve it. We well, all Well, I'm gonna give you something, Debbie. I'm so glad you said that because it reminded me and I'm gonna get I forgot to do it myself just because there's so many mental exercises. 
Um, when you got those annoying phone calls that you had to make, when you got those speakers who don't fill out the registration form, uh, I can't believe probably me. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no, when you have those type of things that are happening, um, you don't, it kind of makes you not want to do the tasks. And you got this whole list of tasks that you got to do. If you can step out of the BS and do like Devin said and say, you know what? I got to do these tasks. Let me do them to the best, fullest, brightest, and the best mood that I can possibly do them. You end up like in Canva making a flyer and you're having fun. Like, yeah, that's good. That's good. And you end up having, <laughs> and that flyer would be the best flyer you ever put out. And then you do that with the next flyer too. Make that one the best. Every that's phone right. call. You know what I mean? My first summit, I had like 20 speakers. I interviewed every single one of them. Before ended a live stream with all of them. So doing all that was tasking, daunting. But guess what? I had to switch it around. I had to enjoy the phone call just before they picked up. You know, this is going to be a great phone call. I'm going to learn something from a new person or an exchange. And the result of this is going to be greatness in the summit. Now, this is a piece, a Lego piece that you're putting into your summit. I suggest you put it in with as much love and appreciation as you can. The only way to do that is to start to call off, knowing it's going to be great. Stay happy. Stay smiling. I had a phone call today. I wasn't in the mood for it, but I made sure I laughed just before the call started because I really wasn't in the mood for it. Dear and golly. I ended up laughing almost through the whole call. I ended up with a smile on my face like, yeah, oh, man, that's so cool. And yeah. our conversation that was supposed to be business, pay my hotel, pay my flight. How much are you going to pay me negotiating? It ended up being a laughing conversation. We talked about kids. It's something that I'll never forget and that person will never forget either. And that is the Lego piece that goes into my structure of what I was trying to build. So make sure all your Lego pieces have the most love in that you can put, you can possibly put in them. And you can only put the real amount of love in them while you're doing them. I love, I, I love this. I got to jump in and tell you guys about something I was watching. I was watching Oprah and Will Smith last night. Now, I don't know if you all have seen this Oprah and Will Smith interview about Will Smith's new book. Holy mother of God, I got to get this book. It's called Will. Listen, you just real quick, because I know we're out of time. But, guys, this is super awesome because it comes to your Lego pieces, Neo. So when Will was young, his dad wanted them to build this brick wall. And I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but he's got this brick wall. And, is, and they're, like, looking, going, oh, my God. I'm never going to do build this brick wall and, blah, 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 and they're complaining. The dad sits there and says, there is no brick wall. What? Now, now, now our dad's gone crazy. There is no brick wall. <laughs> Your only job is to go lay one brick. The best possible brick you can lay. That's all your job is to go put a brick in place, slap the concrete on and lay that one brick. That's it. Focus on your one brick. Focus on your Lego piece. He also brought up laughter because you can't be in fear and be laughing. I mean, you can, but you know what I mean. Like laughter, it's laughter, harder. even even if for a moment laughter just elim eliminates anything that's going to be a resistance for you. But the one brick, the one Lego, the one thing. The one piece of you're doing an event, that one piece, you just look at the piece that you have in front of you. And that's the only that's the most important piece of your life right now. Then you go to your next piece and that becomes, you know, your bricks, one brick by brick. But enjoying the brick, each brick, enjoying each brick, because we're doing these things for everybody else out there. And I love that you get out of things which you put into them i love that neo and i'm really grateful that i was able to be here today you guys thank you i always i need this on fridays she was just blow drying for a really long time daily dose of positivity has to be the most appropriate subtitle for right you all kudos to you brother Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I'll tell you what else I learned this week that, that ties in exactly to what you're talking about. With your example, you talked about laying bricks. You talked about not trying to build a whole wall at once, doing it one brick at a time. What I really came to learn and appreciate this week is that you don't have to lay the bricks yourself. You can get help. And when you I ask 
help the whole bricklaying thing becomes so much easier. God, you're so smart right now. I was pretty stupid last weekend, but I'm really smart now. (laughs) I'm going to tell you, we're good at something. Well, I'm right there with you. I am an idea person. I'm an inventive futurist. I can see things and that, but I am not necessarily that person who's going to do it, but it'll come out of my mouth. I can come up with ideas and make things pop all day long, but I bet you're right about this. Finding those people in your support team, we're made to do this shit alone. We're made to do this with the team. So I agree. I think that's yeah. a great, I think that's perfect. And I got some really great um, input on that unexpected input this week from Neil because at one point I was uh, doing a little texting with him and telling him what I was, what what he was dealing with. He sent me the most wonderful text back. He says, we got your back. And I can't tell you how much that helped. That was just like the best thing. Cause I know it's true. I know I've got, you got his head, my back. I know that, you know, Louie and Anne-Marie and Bridget and Monique and Cindy and Jackie and Dan and Alex and the people who are the guests. I know you guys have my back, but to hear it, uh-huh. oh, that's yep. really, really great. So thank you, Neil. You sent that exactly that's at the awesome. right time the other day. I'm just, just a messenger, man. I got that nudge from the universe, and I was like, oh, all right, send it now? Okay. <laughs> that's exactly what happened, brother. Hey, I gotta let everybody know, um, the registration page is like 99.999% done. Um, I, I'm trying to, I mentioned this at the beginning of the show. We've got to get one thing fixed and that is making it possible for you guys to get your discount. Cause I promised all of you, um, you're going to get a discount on the tickets. Um, and once that's fixed, it's going to be published. So look for it in the description of today's episode and the earlier episodes this week. Um, there's also going to be advertising on social media, but you're going to be seeing it within hours of us being done with this show today. So it's coming. It's there. Just be patient and on the minute or two and it'll be there. I'm excited. Hey, you guys rock. Yeah. I'm so glad that you uh, were able to, to make it, even though you couldn't make the first half of the show. So thank you for dropping in. Thank you for being patient. I actually, I I was in at 11 and I thought for sure I was seven minutes away. I'm like, oh, I'll be back by time. But seriously, it was taking a minute. (laughs) But this is what I popped in. I mean, this is what we're talking about, though. Everything's always exactly as it should be. Mm. I was supposed to come in when I came in. Just simple as that. Because if it was going to be, if it was supposed to be any different, it would be. And the way it was, was perfect. There you go. Perfection, baby. Point made, man. Thank you guys very much. Thank you, podcast listeners everywhere. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Neo Positivity. Walt Theus, everybody rock. All right. See you all guys later. Good night, everybody.